This is Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. It's Arab Talk with Justin Jamal. I'm Justin Nam. And this is Jamal Dajani. Jamal, we have a great show again today. There's so much to talk about from white supremacy to Palestine and beyond. But the one thing that I think is really important for us to address here on our home territory in San Francisco, which has always had this illusion of being a progressive, safe space for progressive thoughts and things like that. That's right. I mean, we weren't planning to focus on white supremacy this week. We should, though. Which we should, because We we devoted an entire hour to it last week. Of course, about the uh, uh, events in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia, which is still ongoing. It's an, it's an ongoing uh, topic. But I can't believe it just. I mean, this is now happening in San Francisco, and I'm probably a lot of our listeners don't know about it. I mean, if you aren't this, this weekend, imagine if you aren't the protesting type, which many people are not, you may want to plant a route around the right-wing rallies and subsequent protests planned in in cities across the nations this weekend. That's right. But including what they dubbed as the Freedom Rally (laughs) in San Francisco. Well, it should be the White Freedom Rally in San Francisco. It's happening. It's in... Chrissy Field, you know, many of you know, many of our listeners in the Bay Area know uh, where is Chrissy Field, but but just to uh, explain that to our listeners online and everywhere else in the world, Chrissy Field is in the city's marina district. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's and right on the bay. Great views of the Golden Gate Bridge. It, it's really a, a very beautiful part of San right. Francisco. Right, and usually yeah. people meet there for celebrations. They watch the fireworks during uh, uh, July 4th and, and so forth. But this Saturday at 2 p.m., they have their protesters attending the so-called the Freedom Rally of San Francisco, hosted by a group called Patriot Prayer. Well, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what it's the, this orga- <laughs> organiza- or, organization. Uh, the, though the organizer of the rally claims the event is for moderates. That's what they claim. So California politi- politicians have called in a white supremacist movement and worry that it will bring violence into the city. So several you know, groups are planning to counter a protest at Chrissy Field including a group of clowns and a contingency of pedal boarders and boaters in the San Francisco Bay. That's great. But it is unheard of for San Francisco. I mean, this is, uh, you know, I would say the most liberal city or big city in the United States. Probably, probably. You know, I think that's uh, true. We've had the largest uh, rallies here and protests, protesting the war on Iraq, uh, protesting Islamophobia, and uh, protesting for uh, LGBT rights, things like this. But we've never had right-wingers coming here. I mean, I don't remember Well, that. the only thing that I would say is the... You know, once a year, the anti-abortion uh, rights group does come to Union Square once a year uh, on their 
you know, on their uh, rights of the unborn rally, you know, once a year, which is, you know, something that has been happening the last four or five years. But, you know, when it comes to white supremacy coming to San Francisco, this at this at this level, with this kind of fanfare, if you will, Mm -hmm. with this kind of celebration, I mean, basically what is happening is that they're so emboldened, they're 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 empowered. They feel they have been given permission from the very top, from the White House. They want to come to the center of liberalism. And they want to make a point. And make a point like in your face. They, they want to make a point to Nancy Pelosi, right? to uh, Dianne Feinstein, to Kamala Harris, to Ed Lee, and to every single person of conscience and progressive here in the Bay Area. They, you know... This is maybe our listeners will have a little bit of a disagreement with me on this. I mean, of course, there should be counter protests. Ed Lee and some other people tried to get them to maybe cancel the uh, the the permit. I don't think they should. No, no. I mean, I'm against censoring people. I'm I against, think they should come out. The, you know, uh, you know, your first uh, amendment. You this is your right to protest peacefully. There are counter protests, uh, by by the way, uh, like I said, planned absolutely. Uh, planned, uh, maybe not all uh, at uh, Chrissy Field. They have one in the Castro district. There is a protest uh, which will be hosted by uh, what they call it. The will be the host of a mobile dance off, and they call it the official rally and march for equality. Uh, and this, uh, there is another protest planned or a dance off which will start in Dolores Park at 12 p.m. And the March for Equality will follow suit in Harvey Milk Plaza. Great. And then uh, both protests uh, will end their march at City Hall. So this is uh, maybe they're uh, protesting somewhere else so they don't have physical confrontation with the rally at Chrissy Field. Yeah, and... Here, here's my idea, Jamal. I don't know what you think about this. Let the white supremacists come out because, you know, they're not wearing hoods anymore like they did in the old well, days. Well, I have a problem with that. No, I think they you shouldn't know, because wear— Because we, we can use the white sheets, Jess. <laughs> I mean, we have many, many people who don't have clean white sheets. Right. And, and, and that's the only thing I miss about those KKK uh, members or KKK wannabes that if they want to protest— Come with white with your white sheets. No, on. no. I say come without the white sheets because what I say, we should use the same tactics that they've used against, you know, the progressive forces. And you and I have been on the other end of this. But what I say, let them come out. Let them show their faces. They are white supremacists. They are racists. They are, you know, basically hate mongers. They believe in the Confederacy. They believe in racial, ethnic, and religious separation. They're proud of it. I think we identify them. I think we photograph and videotape them. And I think we post it online and we show the rest of the world instead of hiding in the closet, Jamal, instead of hiding behind the scenes or hiding on the Internet. Let them come out into the air because the sunshine will shine brightly on these white supremacists. And which it did, by the way, in uh, Charlottesville. That's right. And many of them uh, have been complaining and crying that now 
they uh, they were uh, their jobs were on the line they were shamed by their as they co-workers should be. as they should be and in fact one of the guys who was bragging and carrying the gun he had an interview shown on vice Right. There is now an arrest warrant. Uh, I don't know if he got Yeah, arrested. he got her. He turned himself so in. So he turned himself yeah. in. So, I mean, sure. Uh, I think, you know, this is a, a time where we should go beyond the counter-protesting. L- let, the, let the sunlight show on the hateful uh, rhetoric and intentions, racist, hateful intentions that these white supremacists have. And they should be photographed. They should be identified. They should be put in the public square and identified for who they are, Jamal. I'm uh, I'm with you on this 100%. I should also add that uh, the, uh, you know, Chrissy Field is uh, managed by the National Park Service. Ah, okay, so uh, yeah. So of course the they're going to get Francisco the San Francisco city leaders uh, joined by state and national representatives last week were urging the National Park Service to reject the rally. See, I disagree with that. Uh, hosted by th- this group, by the way, uh, the Patriot Prayer is from Portland. It's they're from Port- Portland? Yeah, it's a Portland-based group. Well, Remember, Portland, this is where that guy went uh, who uh, accosted the Muslim woman on the That's train right. and, and ended That's up right. killing two That's right. people, two, That's right. two men who came to help them. Uh, and so so this is where the group is coming from. They're coming from Portland. I always thought, just like you, I used to think Portland was a liberal city. It's kind of like San Francisco because many people make that comparison. You know, I guess not. And and no, apparently not. This is where this group coming from, and uh, they're sending their contingency to to, uh, to protest right here. And I'm actually with you, and I'm against actually what uh, some of the city officials were trying to do by uh, you know preventing them from demonstrating. And uh, just like I was against uh, what happened in Berkeley when they tried to shut down, or they did shut down, Milo Yiannakopoulos's, uh, you know, the the Breitbart right wing extremist, they tried to shut him down from being able to speak. I say let them speak. And this is this is a statement uh, which was issued by uh, mayor, our mayor, Ed Lee, right here. He had a written statement and he said, uh, and I'm quoting, the shameful anti-American trend of hate-filled extremist rallies will unfortunately be allowed to continue this weekend in our city. He added, since the beginning of this process, we have repeatedly stated that the public safety of San Francisco residents and visitors is our top priority, which I agree with that. With the event now officially uh, p- uh, permitted, the San Francisco Police Department is working with the Golden Gate National Recreation Area and the United States Park Police on a comprehensive public safety plan. So, I mean, on one hand, I mean, I understand completely what uh, Mayor Ed Lee is talking about because these are hate groups and sometimes you ha- we have a problem trying to distinguish between freedom of speech and right. hate speech because right. they obviously they do represent but, but I struggle because your F- First Amendment guarantees you the right to demonstrate, guarantees Absolutely. you the right to say what's on your mind and it doesn't distinguish the First Amendment 
You know, because anything you could say can be insulting to somebody or, or deemed as hateful or, you know. So but Jamal, I struggle with that. But the Supreme Court has actually ruled consistently and unequivocally. They do consistently and unequivocally, even, you know, with hateful speech. You know, they have ruled on the side of doing whatever it takes to protect First Amendment rights. Well, that's why I'll protect their right to demonstrate as long as they'll protect my right it, to demonstrate, which they don't, by they, the way. I know. Th and that's the issue. Or, and that's the issue. Right. And, uh, and because they are coming, this, this hate group and several others who will be having a hate fest. It's a hate fest. Right here in San Francisco. Plans for public safety around the rally. They include just a massive police presence. I was reading in the San Francisco Chronicle and other uh, papers. They have uh, local uh, enforcement. They have, like, like we are the, the San Francisco taxpayers and the Bay Area taxpayers. You are, we are going to be paying a massive amount of we dollars in overtime That's right. to SFPD and to the U.S. Park Police. I guess the U.S. Park Police is federal. It's federal, us. but the, we have to federal. foot some of the bill. Taxpayers will pay for that in order, you know, to uh, make sure that uh, you don't have, uh, you know, people getting hurt. But, but I think, you know, you know, there's one issue, Jamal, is the is the First Amendment issue and, you know, outing these these hateful groups and being able to put sunlight on them. But it is part of this larger issue that we have been talking it's, about. It's across the country. I mean, when it right. comes here, uh, you know, when it's right here in San Francisco and it is not homegrown in San Francisco, it's coming from a neighboring state. Right. That they find it important for to them come here. to come here to challenge uh, the uh, what this city uh, stands for. But we know why, Jamal. It's because of Nancy Pelosi. It's because of Dianne Feinstein. And it's because of Kamala Harris. You know, the Republicans still, when they run a congressional or Senate or even local race in whatever state, they still use the face and the name of Nancy Pelosi and they say things. This is in the, in the South and in the East and in the middle of the country. They will say things like, don't let our city become like San Francisco. Don't, you know, don't take money from Nancy. P I mean, this is really what we're up against in terms of. that's what of they're challenging. Exactly. Because, I mean, this, this is number one. One, one, one thing on the uh, President Trump's agenda was to defund sanctuary cities. And San Francisco was the first sanctuary city. Or right. was the city to lead. Uh, lead for, the effort for uh, it. Lead the effort for it. And, and. Uh, and now they're coming right here to challenge it. Uh, by the way, I have to say that uh, the, this group, the, the organizers of, uh, for the Freedom Rally, they claim that they were not, uh, they are not going to be on. This is on a post on their Facebook page that they won't be allowing uh, Nazis. But then they say no Nazis, communists, KKK, Antifa. Uh, well, how are they going to tell? How I, are they going to tell? I don't know, but, but that's because they... What's the litmus test? That's their public diplomacy, that well, the message they uh, want to send. I, I think, you know, they did the same thing in other cities. And, and the thing is, is that if they're, 
if they're claiming First Amendment rights, they cannot actually shut these people out. And I have to say, uh, also, you mentioned Nancy Pelosi. Uh, she criticized the Park Service's issuance of the permit for what she called a white supremacist rally at Chrissy Field. Yeah, so I, Nancy, I'm, Nancy I'm disagreeing. I'm sorry. That. I'm sorry. I'm disagreeing with Nancy Pelosi and with uh, Ed Lee on this. I say, let them come, protect the public, let there be counter protests, and that we identify every single person you know in that group. I so just say, we bring go it up. There and videotape. <laughs> How you many? Know, I know. I know there are going to be so many people. Just videotape every single person. Absolutely. I mean, they were chanting. In Charlottesville, Jews won't replace us. Right. Remember, that exactly. was... And they, it wasn't like one person. They were all in unison. Like Hundreds. they rehearsed that <laughs> chant. So I don't know what they'll be chanting here, you know. Maybe they'll uh, be chanting similar things. I mean, you know, this, this is part of this larger issue, you know, where you have the president of the United States not just using a dog whistle. You know the metaphor... Jamal of the dog whistle, like uh, calling out the white supremacists to come out, but doing it quietly. He's got a bullhorn. The speech that he gave in Phoenix just a couple of days ago, where he defended his outrageous, racist, white supremacy supporting comments that he had made about the Charlottesville incident, were not just unconscionable, but they are like putting gasoline on the fire. It's a foghorn call out call to white supremacists, racist, hate mongers all over the world, not even just the United States. You had David Duke thanking him again. The people at Breitbart are celebrating, even though they got rid of Bannon. His speech at Phoenix Jamal was right out of the Breitbart playbook on calling and supporting this, this kind of outrageous uh, narrative. You know, I was reading uh, something from uh, the police uh, bulletin uh, or something quoted from that, uh, that this weekend, no one, no, no police officer, not a single police officer Gets, is will, will, will be off duty. That's right. So you have to You have report, to work this weekend. You have to report to work on Saturday because of this. This is how much resources that uh, the that's going to be, be an outrageous be uh, sum of money and and i have to also say that th of course this is happening in other cities but also it's also happening in berkeley that's right so there is a, a, a rally also in berkeley uh, same thing well there. we're gonna we're gonna take a short musical break and uh, you know what jamal i know we're going to be following events in san francisco usually we follow events in other places around white supremacy. Now we're going to be following events regarding white supremacy here in San Francisco. One, one more item yeah. before we go on break. Because yeah. I, I, I thought that, that this was uh, funny, Jess. Uh, but, uh, so far, there's not, much that's, <laughs> there's not much that's funny here, but okay, go but, for it. Uh, I guess we can say that on, uh, on the air, but... Uh, there is a group of uh, dog owners who vowed to dump poop on Chrissy Field ahead of the rally. Okay. That's, <laughs> so, that, I think, is that a First Amendment right? <laughs> I, I, well, the, it's a First Amendment right, but I think they'll be violating the... Some other law. Some dog, dog uh, laws, uh, especially in a, in a federal-owned property. Be careful, dog owners. Okay, stay tuned. Uh, this is Arab Talk on KPOO. We're at 89.5 FM in San Francisco. We're going to be right back. 
All right. This is Arab Talk. This is KPOO in San Francisco. We're at 89.5 FM. It's Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal. Jamal, you know, the the other thing, I mean, and I, I want you to comment on this because, you know, of your, your kind of place in the media over the years. But not only is Trump kind of giving gasoline to the fire of racism, hate, and white supremacy. He's also, it, it sounds to me, when he says about the media, that the media don't love this country, they want to hurt this country, the media hates this country, that to me seems like an incitement to violence against the media. You're absolutely uh, right. I mean, even with this, you know, Trump actually had harsher condemnation for the media than he had for the white supremacists. <laughs> if you listen to him, uh, I'm serious. Yeah. If you listen to him, he had uh, recently on Tuesday. On Tuesday, yeah. he was uh, uh, went uh, off after journalists during a campaign style rally. You know now. Even when he speaks, he thinks that he's still campaigning. He is whatever. still campaigning. So he was uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, and he went off totally right after, of, you know, arguing that the media were dishonest in their portrayal of his response to a violent white supremacist protest in Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, the comments came like, um, like midway through his speech. Uh, this is uh, a speech. I don't know if you watched that, but I did watch that speech. Unfortunately, it's a long speech. I think it was like 70 minutes. 70 minutes. Yeah, I watched you it. You know, uh, where he basically was hinting that he would pardon the controversial Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Yeah. You know, uh, and threatened to pull out of NAFTA and, uh, and also threatened? threatened to shut down the government if Congress does not fund the wall uh, between us and, and Mexico. And then he started pointing his finger, if you remember, towards the media and say, That's look right. at them, like, look at them. It was like, I, don't, I guess he was referring to CNN cameras and whatever. The, and, and I'm quoting, the only thing giving a platform to these hate groups in the media itself and the fake news. So he shifted the blame on the blame on the white supremacy and, and everything, the violence that happened in Charlottesville. He's blaming the media. And maybe even the death of that young woman who unfortunately was ran over murdered by, by a hater and he shifted the blame on the media i mean this is actually a very dangerous precedent but but isn't that incitement don't you believe that part of that is incitement uh, jamal it is incitement i mean the, he's basically saying the reason we have because if you're not part of the fox news cabal then you're the enemy i mean Donald Trump acknowledges he, he, he created the good and the bad, kind of. So if you're not part of Fox or Breibart or whatever, maybe now they're going to turn, since, since Bannon left, they're going to turn against him and he'll turn against them. Every member of the media, every single journalist is a target. That's right. And I think that's really critical in this this kind of process that we're in the United States, because without the media, Jamal, to hold uh, to hold our government accountable, we're basically going to live in a police state uh, or a monarchy or some sort of uh, 
state where you know everything is uh, run by 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 fiat. So I and, guess and you, I, I think I have I you have, have his, the video his, his soundbite from a video. Okay, let's see if we can get this on the air. But it's it's really you crazy, you know. We'll we'll get it out when he starts talking, when he started lashing. But it's really unprecedented, and I think it should make a lot of uh, journalists worried. Uh, I'm worried. I don't know if you are. You know, if you if you become the target for these uh, hate groups, so. Uh, we do we have that soundbite? Yeah, yeah, it's coming. It takes a second or two, but uh, here it is. And I mean, truly dishonest people in the media and the fake media—they make up stories. They have no sources in many cases. They say a source says there is no such thing. For the most part, honestly, these are really, really dishonest people. And they're bad people. Bad and people. And I really think they don't like our country. I really believe that. Well, uh, that that is insight. Like the failing New York Times, which is like so bad. It's so bad. Or the Washington Post, which I call a lobbying tool for Amazon. Okay, that's a lobbying tool for Amazon. Or CNN, which is so bad and so pathetic and their ratings are going down. ABC this morning. I don't watch it much, but I'm watching in the morning. And they have little George Stephanopoulos talking to Nikki Haley, right? <laughs> little George. I must tell you, Fox has treated me fairly. So only Fox treated me fairly. And do you ever notice when I go on and I'll put like out a tweet or a couple of tweets? He's in a Twitter storm again. I don't do Twitter storms. Oh, that's so funny. Look back there. The live red lights, they're turning those suckers off fast out there. These are sick people. If you want to discover the source of the division in our country, look no further than the fake news and the crooked media. And yes, by the way, they are trying to take away our history and our heritage. You see that. So here you have it. This is actually uh, that, a compilation. That, that's so disturbing, Of man. his uh, recent comments uh, targeting the media. And basically what you get out of this, you, if you are uh, in the media, you are unpatriotic. You I don't mean, love this country. You don't love this country. Fake news. You are trying to plant the seed, seed of hate. Just by reporting to, what he to says. To devise this country. And the only good people work for, of course, work for Fox. Of course. Well, <clears throat> among all of the disturbing trends that are being created by the, the current bully pulpit of uh, uh, Donald Trump, I consider this really among the most dangerous in, in terms of what it's doing to the fabric of uh, this what you know this experiment of democracy that we have in this country because he's pulling out these themes of heritage our history i mean whose history is he talking about jamal what when he says they're killing so if if we challenge confederate icons 
who were treasonous generals attempting to basically take arms up against the United States during the Civil War. I mean, let's call it what it was. The Civil War was an attempt to keep slavery and enslavement alive by the Confederacy. And that's what Robert E. Lee and his generals, that's what they were doing. And he wants to keep alive and celebrate that heritage and that history. Where are we headed? And if the media is to blame for all of this, that means we're next. That means uh, reporters are next. That means that uh, the attacks against um, uh, people of conscience are next, Jamal. I mean, where is this going to end? Well, also, it could mean that there might be a plan because, let's face it, Trump wants to run this country like a dictator. He doesn't want anyone to disagree with him, and he wants to do it his own way. He wants to circumvent the Constitution. The he has Senate, been. the Congress, yeah. So it could be something going after the First Amendment. Absolutely. And, you know, if you criticize him, you are going to go to jail or something like this. I wouldn't put this past uh, past. Well, time. the U.S. government went after this... Uh, this hosting company, Jamal, so there was this hosting company in San Francisco that hosted a website that was uh, used to organize protests on January 20th, the day he was inaugurated. Mm -hmm. The federal government issued a request for all of the people who went to that website trying, I mean, why? I mean, you know, for what reason? You know, they're trying to find out of the one, you know, the 1.2 or 1.5 million people that access the website. They want the names and the ISPs of those people. And the company is denying access to the federal government. And that's an unbelievable kind of development. Thank goodness that this company decided that they would fight it. But who knows what the what the Trump government will do? Who knows? We're going to take a short musical break. When we come back, Jamal, we're going to go to Afghanistan, Afghanistan, Palestine, and the magic of Jared Kushner to bring peace. We are back. This is Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, and we are going to talk. I'm so glad Jared Kushner is chief of portfolio for the Middle East. Jamal, I can't tell you how that is inspiring confidence that peace will finally come to the Middle East. I'm so excited. You are. Okay. Well, he's in Cairo, and he's in Ramallah, and in Jerusalem. So he goes to Cairo. And he meets with the Egyptians, and the first thing he says, we're taking away, what, $300 million? $300 million. from the U.S. aid. Because of let's human talk. rights abuse. So let's talk. Did they meet with him? Well, I, what we heard is that uh, below Sisi, all of the ministers uh, below Sisi refused to meet with Kushner. They, they didn't leak. They said it directly. We are insulted that he would come here and take money away and try to force our hand, does he know what we're up against? Sisi, who is a complete sycophant with Donald Trump, in fact, was the first leader to call Donald Trump, has met with Donald Trump, loves Donald Trump, that that should say enough, did meet with Kushner, but uh, we were told that it was a very 
difficult, if not hostile meeting. Well, the top-level meetings, basically, with the Egyptian officials uh, actually have been uh, canceled. Right. And because of the displeasure at Trump's, uh, the Trump's administration decision to slash aid to the country. So, you know, he's going there to talk to them. They're supposed to be our second or something like that. Maybe the the Saudis beat them uh, for the second post after Israel, our second ally, uh, most important ally in the region after uh, after Israel. So ahead of uh, his visit, ahead of the delegation visit, uh, they immediately, uh, the Trump administration on Tuesday cut $100 million in oh, military and e- economic aid. And then they also delayed that's where the 300 million. Okay. So they also delayed the disbursement of 200 million dollars more in military financing, pending. This is the excuse, pending human rights uh, improvements. They say you have to improve your human rights, as if, I mean, this is Donald Trump. He went on the record saying, you know, how great CC is. And do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. It's your country. We're not going to interfere. We're not going to interfere. Like, like we, everyone knew from day one, you know, no one wanted to call this a military coup, which it was, that the, uh, that the, when they got rid of uh, uh, the only elected, by the, by the M- way, Morsi. president of Egypt. And now all of a sudden we remember that there are human rights in Egypt. abuses in Egypt. They've pretty much purged most of the Muslim Brotherhood. Not that we support the Muslim Brotherhood but or anyone else in Egypt, but they've purged them. They've let that go. They put uh, journalists in jail, killed journalists, killed fact, journalists. tortured journalists, put human rights uh, activists in jail, killed, killed them torture them and now all of a sudden they remember that there are human rights or Egypt could use some human rights improvements in the country. And and how, where is the hypocrisy? I mean, let me ask you, Jamal, is the hypocrisy any deeper than calling Egyptian out on human rights violations with what the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia does every exactly. single day? Israel. What Israel does every single day. So they single what out. What is- Israeli settlers do every single day. The torture of Palestinian children. The torture of Yemeni uh, civilians that is sponsored by and supported and carried out by the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. I mean... My goodness, the hypocrisy doesn't get any more grotesque. And I think Sisi and the Egyptians were blindsided by this, Jamal, because they have this. Sisi was always saying Trump is a great He's a great man. guy because he felt even, he got a even, free pass. Even Mahmoud Abbas <laughs> went there and put all his eggs in the basket of Trump and That's said right. he was going to resolve the, the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. Right. So he goes there, Kushner. They're supposed. He's supposed to be the peacemaker in the Middle East or the peace envoy. He goes there, gets the Egyptians all riled up. They don't want to meet with him. They haven't met with him. He goes to Ramallah then. They're facing cuts. They're facing cuts. Same thing in Ramallah, Abu Mazen. They go to Ramallah and they tell them we're going to also make cuts because you are paying the prisoners' families. Right. 
And did they cut anything from Israel? No, they didn't. They gave them more. But here's the thing. Did they stop <laughs> a, uh, the building of a single Israeli settlement? No, and that, this is what I wanted to tell you, and this was very interesting. So Abu Mazen says he's, he's kind of shocked because privately, and this is what you and I have been hearing for years, Privately, Jared Kushner tells Abu Mazen and the Palestinians, we believe in a two-state solution. We believe in territorial contiguity. Can, you know, we believe in Palestinian this, that. But they won't tell Benjamin Netanyahu the same thing. They just don't say anything to Benjamin Netanyahu. So they're caught. And Abu Mazen said, why are you telling me this if you're not telling the Israelis? What good is it? So they're caught in this kind of crazy doublespeak again. And even Jared Kushner, who's buddy-buddy with the Netanyahu's and whose family has been supporting illegal settler colonial projects in the West Bank, even got a cool reception from Benjamin Netanyahu. It's kind of interesting. I say, personally, yeah. serves them right. Yeah. Personally, I say to Sisi. And to Abu Mazen. And to Abu Mazen. Serves them right. Right. I you agree. Believe, you believe in Donald Trump? Do you think that Donald Trump go, is going to take the side of the Egyptians and take the side of the Palestinians? You, you are either on drugs or you are... Delusional. Delusional. Or, or both. both. <laughs> I believe that they are both. Probably. When they do something like this and they know for sure that... Donald Trump is not going to raise a finger to help the Palestinian. Donald Trump does not believe in the human rights of the Egyptians. I, he doesn't even believe in human he, rights in the United States. He doesn't States. even believe in human <laughs> rights right here. We have actually funding. We should fund human rights right here in the United States, not in Egypt. That's what I say. Let's start here before we go to Egypt. Here. Yeah. Well, I want to tell you what the Kushner plan is, Jamal, because the Kushner plan has been kind of leaked in little pieces over time. So here's the Kushner plan. It's the carrot and the stick, but this is what it is. For the Israelis, the idea is, Kushner says, I have good relations with the Saudis. I have good I'll bring you business. I'll, if you're willing to cut a deal with the Palestinians, we will open up the Israeli markets to the Gulf to the Saudis and to the Arab world. That's the Kushner peace deal. If the Israelis will give to the Palestinians, the, the rest of the Arab world, the, especially the Gulf, will give to the Israelis. So let me ask you, Jamal, what do you think of the Kushner peace plan? How do you think that's going to play either with the Israelis or with the Gulf? Well, the Kushner uh, peace plan is very simple just because you're talking, you're talking about the Carrot and the stick. I think he has all the carrots going to Benjamin Netanyahu. <laughs> and all the sticks. all the sticks going to the Palestinians. That's true. And to Israel, whatever. That's true. I mean, it is a joke to even think that we had or even the pretense of a peacemaker or a balanced perspective or any of that sort. You know, to it's even an insult to people's intelligence to think. Exactly. I mean... Even if I can think of all the supposed uh, peacemakers or envoys going back all the way to Henry Kissinger. That's right. You know, to Philip Habib, to Mitchell, Mitchell, to all of these who came. Israel's Dennis Ross, even. Dennis Ross. Israel came first. 
and then maybe they try to balance things out. Jared Kushner is 100% behind Benjamin Netanyahu. Benjamin Netanyahu was his roommate. He used to come to his home and sleep in his bed. What more than this? That's, they were ble- uh, bedmates. I don't know what to say. I mean, I mean, he, Jared Kushner's family, invests in settlements. That's true. I mean, this is supposedly something that the United States opposes, this illegal colonial settlement movement. But they don't. It's an insult to say Jared Kushner is going to resolve that problem. He's going to bring something which is going to be semi-acceptable or semi-equitable uh, to the Palestinians. And, and the other th- I think that's exactly right. And I also think that this idea, which is not a new idea, but somehow that the Israelis are going to benefit from trade with Saudi Arabia. Sure, they'll take that, and the Palestinians will still get the short end of the That's stick. exactly my, my point. Settlements continue to be built. Palestinians continue to be uh, occupied. And Palestinian land continues to be taken and stolen. So, Jared Kushner, look. Uh, l- you know, let, let's see what the results. He's still in Ramallah right now. He's still in Jerusalem. He will be giving a report to Donald Trump, I think, sometime tomorrow. We'll see what happens. We're going to switch uh, gears. We have about 10 minutes no, left. No, I want to talk about... Uh, Afghanistan. Yeah, you know, I, I, do you remember what Donald Trump said about Afghanistan for two years before he was president? Yeah. He said that we shouldn't be there. We it's should get out. It's a total waste. If I'm president, we'll get out. We should get out. Blah, blah, blah. For two years, get out, get out, get out. So now uh, U.S. uh, senior U.S. US officials have said that uh, Trump may be sending up to 3,900 more troops with some deployments beginning almost immediately in Afghanistan, Jess. So we are going to be increasing the number of Americans in Afghanistan. Now, not that we should believe anything that uh, uh, President Trump says, not that we should be surprised that he's changing his mind, but here's what I want to say to to Trump and the military. If you cannot learn from Alexander the Great, if you cannot learn from the British, if you cannot learn from the Russians— and you cannot learn from the last 16 years where 4,000 American soldiers have died and tens of thousands have been permanently injured and will be disabled for the rest of their life. What kind of delusion do you have to think that sending 4,000 more men and women to Afghanistan is going to do anything except, Jamal, and this is what I think, fall into the trap again of the Taliban and of ISIS or Daesh, which is now in Afghanistan. He's, he's fallen into the trap. They want the Americans to be there, Jamal. They want the military to be there. And, and I have to say, it's not uh, just Donald Trump, but this is coming from the military, the top U.S. general in Afghanistan, uh, General General John Nicholson, he said that Afghanistan security forces, this is what I'm paraphrasing from here, Afghanistan's security forces, with the help of U.S. and NATO ground and air support, 
will annihilate the Islamic State group affiliate in the country and, crush, and crush remnants of Al-Qaeda. So, okay. like, like deja vu all over, all over again. All of a sudden, I noticed he didn't say anything about the Taliban. We're talking about, he, also had a, he also had a message for the Taliban. This is his message, and this is a direct quote from him. Stop fighting against your countrymen. Stop killing innocent civilians. Stop bringing hardship and misery to the Afghan people. Lay down your arms and join Afghan society. Help build a better future for this country and your own children. It sounds to me like a plea to the Taliban to join the American forces and NATO. What? How delusional. So there, there's only two possible explanations, Jamal. Again, you have the delusions. Well, to back your statement the Taliban came with a quick <laughs> answer <laughs> so the spokesman for the Taliban Zabiullah uh, Mujahid his name he was defiant in a telephone interview with the Associated Press and this is what he said we are not giving our guns to anyone and our Taliban are fighting until the last US soldier is no longer here in Afghanistan so Full stop. we are heading towards another confrontation, uh, back to the quagmire, All not over. back, it just in actually <laughs> dipping deeper, deeper in the, that uh, Afghanistan quagmire. And sadly, we might see more body bags and, like you said, injuries and whatever. This is uh, the longest, by the way, war ever, war ever for the United States. For what? Well, I think there's only two two possible explanations. The appetite for the military industrial complex needs war somewhere. And um, I think they this is a way to keep that military industrial complex going. I mean, even, uh, you know, Eisenhower warned us about this, you know, 70 years ago. And, you know, what he said is coming has been true ever since. So you have the military continuing to want to grow its budget, grow its presence, and continue to have, you know, as we like to say in, fr in French, right? A raison d'etre, right? So they need to have a war somewhere. Or, or both, they are completely delusional, Jamal. Yeah, they are. It's, it's truly horrible because, uh, you know, Trump now, like in, his re in a recent uh, address, by the way, when he talked about the Afghan policy, this is when he said, if you remember that famous speech, he was uh, talking like as if the American people, you know, he's talking in the name of the American people, he's entitled as the U.S. president, that they cared about reform. He said, the American people expect to see real reforms. We want reforms here. Start he was like, here. <laughs> to see real reforms in Afghanistan, real progress and real results. Our patience, our patience is not unlimited, uh, Trump said. We will keep our eyes wide open. He also shifted the blame on Pakistan, you know, uh, saying, you know, for its part, Pakistan often gives safe haven to agents of chaos, violence, and terror. This will have to change, and that uh, will change immediately. <laughs> Pakistan is not going to basically give up uh, but Jamal. Uh, helping Taliban. You know why? Because... There are Taliban, the same families live in Pakistan. As they live in Afghanistan. It's the, it's the same, same tribes, the same families. They go back and forth. But they are not going absolutely. to Absolutely. But you know what I really love? Ab up? 
about his Afghanistan speech two things. He referred to the Afghan people as Afghanis, which is insulting. Like they are rugs or something. Well, Afghanis is the that's the that's the term they use for the currency in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. It's like calling Americans dollars. The dollars. I mean, he's so freaking ignorant. They're Afghans, okay? Not Afghanis. But here's my favorite part, Jamal. He says, we're going to rely on India now to help us solve the problem in Afghanistan. Now, India and Pakistan, you know, we haven't talked about it much on the show, you know, are perennial sworn enemies, you know, they have these two large nuclear powers. And India and China. And India and China. I mean, so the idea that it's going to make things better by bringing India into the equation, I mean, that is beyond delusional. I don't know what in, in the world he's imagining at Basically, this point. Basically, he wants to light fire under that keg all over. And, yes, and that's exactly I it. I would brace myself to see what's going to happen there because, if anything... This is actually one of the unfulfilled promises for the for Obama getting out of Afghanistan and Iraq and whatever. Like you said, 16 years. And 16 years, we're going to be there for another 16 years, Jess. And, and on that note, we come to another close of Air Talk. Thank you for listening today. You know, check us out. If you want to listen to the show entirely, go to our site on SoundCloud, Arab Talk Radio on SoundCloud. Send us your emails to ArabTalk at KPOO.com, and we'll see you here next week.